Welcome to Radio Rehab. We are a daily show where I often have a guest co-host on with me who spends the entire week with me talking about different topics, about recovery, about our sobriety, about the road to getting sober. This is Wednesday, and Wednesday is always Epic Addict Fail Day. This week, my guest co-host is Ben, and today you will get to hear some stories from his addiction. If you've ever wondered, uh, is it possible to get a boot off of a car? without paying money? Well, if you don't know the answer to that, you haven't asked an addict. Check out Ben's story. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm your host, Dana, here in studio with producer Shar and our guest co-host, for the week, Ben. Hey, Dana. Hey! So today's Wednesday, which means it's Epic Addict Fail Day. For those of you who don't know, Epic Addict Fail is something that happened to us when we were drinking and using that uh, we're not proud of, that was crazy. Um, like, it's not glorifying. The purpose of this is to show everybody that whatever you've been through, somebody else has also been through something crazy. And you're not the worst person in the world. Um, so, and if we can't laugh about this stuff, then what is the point of even living? Because we might as well just go stick our head in the sand. So, Ben, I, I know you personally, and I know you've told me some crazy stories. So, what stories do you have for us today? I don't know. I thought about this a lot. Like I was telling you earlier, I, uh, for the most part, I, I have to be reminded maybe by a place or something someone says of, you know, all of those crazy stories of my past. Um, I started when I was 14. I didn't stop until I was 46. So, I, you know, I, it, it's hard for me to just pull stories out. I guess the first... I get, the first one that comes to mind is not funny. It's oh, not, that's okay. It's not a funny story. It's um, but it it describes the insanity of my, of my life. I I married my college sweetheart. Oh, I didn't know that. Spent beautiful lady, great lady, apple of my. I mean, unbelievable. I married way above my head. Okay, way <laughs> above my head. I was it was off the charts. You know. The, anyway, great family, East Coast family. You know, really good people, traditions, smart, uh, well-educated, driven, sense of humor. Boy, could they drink. Really? They, they could drink. And anyway, so, I mean, my ex, she's my ex now, but she could drink me under the table, hands down. We met in Iowa, and um, uh, she came out here, traveled with me uh, to Asia while I was working, and she's always, I mean, really supportive person. You know, great person. Any when she walked into a room, truly the room would light up. Um, and when we split up, it wasn't a split of friends. I lost them all because they all remained friends with her. Oh, yeah. Um, but my first, my first story was we both drank and used. And um, when I'm ashamed of this story, really. Um, but the way we dealt with our troubles was she she was she held it together a little better than I did, um, and I guess I I kind of fell into depression and it was untreated and, and she kind of watched that happen and and uh, it came to a point where uh, you know she, she's like Ben, you have to get help or I'm gone. And 
and this was like the last meaningful conversation I ever had with her, my answer was, if you quit, I'll quit. And she was gone. And that was that was it. I don't know if I, I never really talked to her after that. Uh, I don't know if she quit drinking, using. Um, I know I didn't. Uh, I just I just kept on going right down the road. And it it's a uh, it's something when I was in when I was in jail, I cried over. You know, mm-hmm. I had to I really like I couldn't believe I had done something like that. And over the last seventeen months, I've come to grips with it. You know, and because I understand what I was going through, that I was a sick person. It's a disease. It's a disease. Yeah. I mean, truly, only someone that was sick could do something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can't make somebody choose between you and their drug of choice. It's not It's not going to work. Right. Like, I was never able to do that. It's like when you're strung out, that's all you're thinking about. Yeah. And so that, I mean, that, and that kind of set off all the other stories. I mean, right off the bat, the first thing, the insanity started right away. I got a, you know, like... Like she set me up pretty good. She made like I was pretty fucked up and uh, not paying attention to anything. And the bills she was supposed to be paying over the last six months, of course, she didn't pay intentionally. And uh, the day she left, the next, the very next day, I got all these like bill dues things like rent and cable and PG and E, and they had all been in arrears uh, three to four months. And so it was a nice stack of money that needed to be paid. So since I got the eviction notice and I knew that I didn't have to pay, the first thing I did was I went down to the club, right? Uh And I grabbed the cigarette girl who I knew, Uh right? And I told her, if you need a place to stay, grab some friends because I've got spot, right? Yeah. And so they came over and I didn't tell them that I got evicted or anything like that. But I knew there's like an eviction defense council in San Francisco. I knew that these guys, you know, they, they would buy me at least three months. And so I took all their money and I pocketed it and I never, you know, and I just used it for dope. Yeah. You know, and I just partied with it. And uh, and then what, three months came when it was time to go. Um, I didn't even give them notice. I just told them, you know, they had to leave. And that was it. And that was, you know, that that was the first thing. That happened. It's not a crazy story, but it's pretty fucked up. It's kind of yeah. Pretty fucked up, you know. I got three girls and. Well, I know, mean, that's were, what. Yeah, it's what we do when we're we do. out there. Yeah, it's what I, we do. But I had never done anything like that in my life. Before. Yeah, like I, not that I was not that I was a saint, but you know, I was really you know kind of a normal person for right. the most part. Um, but right away, as soon as, you know, job lost, all that stuff. Anyway, I, I immediately just went into, you know, like some nefarious character. And I was, you know, going to obviously start taking advantage of people. And I started doing that over and over. Um, I, another time, uh, I was on the outs growing marijuana for a guy. Uh-huh. And, um, and you know, he, anyway, he was funding, I was doing and uh, it came to a point where, you know, he sent some thugs up because he had run out of money or was sick of paying the money and things weren't going the way he wanted it to go. And I don't really know what the problem was, you know, but I get a call from the landlord going, you know, the, of course, the landlord didn't know what we were doing in this warehouse. And uh, and you were growing weed. That's what you were doing. in the A warehouse. lot of weed. Yeah, we right. were growing a lot of weed. And um, and I had already cleaned out like. As soon as I got the call, I knew he wasn't. He was sending up some guys. Like I cleared out all the stuff. I left the equipment, but I I cleared out all the weed. Um, and 
and the guys he sent up. So anyway, trashed the place. They flooded it out, and the neighbors were uh, like a it was a it was a smog shop on one side and a mechanics on the other, and they had flooded the place out, and they they tagged the place, they broke all the windows, and I you know, and of course the landlord didn't know what we were doing. We told him we were software developers. <laughs> Working on movies. We were doing movie editing. Right. Everyone bought it. In fact, of the guy, course, it's the Bay the Area. The sm- yeah, the guy from the smog shop actually gave me a movie script to shop for him down in L.A., where's, which is where he thought I went on the weekends. That is funny. Yeah. And anyway, I, I went back just to make sure, you know, after, after the cops cleared out and the fire department had left and the landlord had settled down about a week later, I went back there and this guy was really, he was really bad. I mean, he really believed that that's what we did. Um, another time, and, and this was, you know, this was all early on. Just, I was just trying to make a buck. Oh, well after that, the guys, so anyway, yeah. So, uh, of course there was money owed uh-huh. and, and, you know, so he sent a couple of guys to collect on me, you know, with, you know, Sticks, guns, all that deal. Right. And so there was a nice little chase all around the Bay Area for a few weeks. With you and guys with sticks? Yeah. And guys, guns? Yeah, because yeah, they wanted to collect the money. All right. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I took all the weed. And what I ended up doing was giving a lot of the weed to the guys that were with the sticks and the guns. Right. You know, and just said, look, let's just do a deal. And so we did. And, you know, and in the end, my partner's the guy who got fucked. You know, I got the guys with sticks and guns off my back. They got their weed. And my partner, ex-partner, got nothing out of the whole deal. You know, I felt bad about that for a second. <laughs> but then you went back to using. And then I, I was still using. Yeah, I was using the whole time. I never stopped using. I, wouldn't, I couldn't stop. Because if I stopped, I wouldn't be able to get what I needed to get done, which was get more drugs. Yeah, exactly. Get, you know, yeah, it was just that vicious cycle. You know, and by that time I was, I was, uh, I was smoking meth at that time. So. Right. No longer putting it up your nose. It's funny how we change when we change the, uh, route of doing the drugs. Like yeah. when we change it from snorting to smoking to shooting. Yeah. It's just funny how that changes your whole persona, your whole perception. And yep. cause I think each time you take a step up in the way you use is you're just giving a little more of yourself away. Yeah. You know, you're just going, okay, I'm resigning myself to die an addict at this point. Well, I, I never said that. I mean, I was always hopeful that I'd pull it out, and that, that was the insanity of meth. But uh, uh, finally, you know, I wound my way down, and I ended up on the streets in Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm running with these streets. I ended up running with, I mean, there were Crips, and there were, you know, like Norteños. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm just a dopehead, you know? Like, I don't even, you know, I wasn't even selling. I just used. That's it. That right. was my main thing. You know, like, I wasn't a big pusher. I didn't, you know, I didn't transport. Um, not often, you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't my thing. Um, you know, but uh, you know, another crazy story, a a girl asked me, uh, we were going to go do something over in an apartment complex down in Santa Clara and on our way over there, she runs into this Rastafarian kind of guy, real tall, big black guy. And, uh, they, they like know each other and they're like, Oh, Hey, what's up? You know, like totally getting, getting comfortable with each other. They hadn't seen each other in a while. And so he asked her, if I would do him a favor and that favor was to go to the apartment complex I was already going to and pick up some of his bags. That's it. Right. And in, they were supposed to be behind a fence, you know, the room uh-huh. it's like behind the truck, behind the fence, right. in the bush. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, no, no, but okay, I'll do it. So 
I go over there and I went there to get high. Yeah. And so that was the first thing on my list, you know, to get high. And it took a little longer than I thought. And the dope was a little better than I thought. And so I stayed there a little longer than everyone expected. And when I went downstairs behind the truck, over the fence, in the bush to find the guy's stuff, there was a pile of stuff so big that I had no idea which was his and which wasn't. And so I just left and I went back to meet them. Well, when I meet, met them, uh, this guy flipped out and started calling me a thief and started telling me I ripped off his stuff. And as I looked around, I noticed that the only white people in this place that I went to was me and the girl. Uh-huh. And there were about eight other black guys. Some I knew, some I didn't. And, uh, you know, this black guy pulled out a shiv and uh, he st- I got stabbed in the shoulder. Yeah. And, you know, I ended up surviving that, got out, got through that, and, y- you know, it works out. In the end, the problem was this guy had held up a, a postman, a post truck, uh-huh. a mail truck that day. And the package he wanted me to get, the bags he wanted me to get, had all the mail in it. And oh. he was trying to run a scam. And I didn't know any of that. And that's federal time you would have done if yeah, you got caught federal with time. mail. Yeah, yeah, that's federal time that I would have done had I yeah. been caught with it, right? And instead, for not doing it, I got stabbed, and I figured that's the that was the lesser of two evils. You know what I mean? I got yes. lucky. I got lucky in that one just to get stabbed. Which only an addict would have a thought like that, right? Like, oh, I lucked out. I just took the stab. Yeah. For just, our for one before our last story today, I would like you to to answer this question: When you're drinking and using, how do you get a boot off of your car in San Francisco? Oh my God. Uh, drinking, using, getting a boot <laughs> off the car. Well, these days, like today, it'd be no, a lot easier. I today mean, would what be a did lot you easier. do? <laughs> today would be a lot easier. But for example, let's say hypothetically, <laughs> 10 years ago, your car was stuck at, um, got booted on, uh, at South Park in South Park. Uh-huh. Uh, you'd have to get a seven inch grinder and a very long extension cord. <laughs> and, uh, you'd have to get out there in the middle of the night. And make sure you have a very good uh, cut blade, and a couple of them. <laughs> and then, and then you have to get that extension cord, and you have to go door to door in the middle of the night to find an, a plug that you can hook up to. And they're not readily—they're not on the outside of the houses. Okay, they're all locked, locked up. And so finally, you know, you find one, and um, and you get to town, and that's what you do. You cut it off. You cut off the Denver boot, and it's. Uh, <laughs> That's how you, I mean, that, that's the only thing you could do at the time. You had to cut them off. That's funny. I just had to, I had to have you tell that story because you told me that story before and I thought that was hilarious. Um, especially because we have stories with the producers are Shar and I have stories about boots. <laughs> but that's for another day. Oh yeah, they would, no, in this city, they're boot happy. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Producer Shar will attest to that. Yeah, yeah, it's better to get towed than to boot. You yeah. Know? Yeah, because a boot, you have to just sit there and look at it all day. Yeah, you know, like it never ends. Unless, it, unless, unless you, you gotta go have, pay, you gotta go pay. Yeah, unless you have those tools and you're out of your mind. <laughs> yeah, that we will be back tomorrow. Uh, more with then tomorrow. Our, our topic is going to be gratitude and gratitude lists. If you would like to send us your epic attic fail or write us about anything, you can email us at radio rehab at go to productions dot com. That's g o dash t o productions dot com. You can also call us or text us even when we're not in studio. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's at Radio Rehab Dana. You can also 
also go to radio.rehab now and read the blogs. We'll be back tomorrow. Keep coming back. Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll